podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello and welcome to the Party Plan Podcast. <laughs> uh, so we've got a bunch of guests on today. So we've got Andy. That's just as well, if it was just you, it'd be a bit no, weird, it'd be, wouldn't, it? wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be the monocast, wouldn't yeah. it, essentially. Um, we've got Andy. Hello. Uh, we've got Mike. Hello. We've got Ben. Hello. Who is also Doc Brown. I guess yes. people yeah. might want to know that. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we've got me, uh, Rob. <laughs> hey, um, Rob. <laughs> so we, should, we should give a special shout out to Mike early on for, for hosting this pod with some of the crunchiest snacks known to broadcasting. <laughs> this is true. We need to make sure not to eat too many of those is, during uh, the pod as well. This is a nacho. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got fresh carrot sticks. <laughs> so perfect. Perfect for your, uh, your listening pleasure. Anything Steve Parrish can do on the pod. Don't mm. <laughs> There you go. So uh, this, this podcast is brought to you by uh, JC Innovation and Strategy, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com as well as Vector Printing, which is www.vector.co.uk, and that's Vector with a K. That's for all your printing and embroidery needs. <laughs> yeah, for all your printing and embroidery needs. I feel needs. like our guests aren't really picking it up enough here. I've got, yeah, so I've got, got a lot of embroidery needs, so I should really... I'll, I'll take that down. They're the ones to, yeah, they're the ones yeah. to go to. What about Wicked. consulting? What, on embroidery? Mm, well, yeah. No, I feel like I know enough. Um, I just, I'm not able to do it myself. So I don't need any consulting. I know what I want. You're happy with the I brand? Just need, I just need an expert yeah. to bring it for okay. me. Yeah. yeah, okay. Right, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on to the football. Um, so we played uh, Arsenal at the weekend. 2-1 um, defeat to uh, two one defeat for Palace. It's always 2-1, isn't it? It is pretty much against Arsenal, isn't it? I mean, mm. it was last season at home, wasn't it? And away, I think. And away, yeah. And away. It's around so, yeah, corner from here. Pretty standard. <laughs> yeah, Mike, Mike actually lives in uh, in Arsenal, essentially. We could flub on the centre circle from where we're sat, yeah. frankly. I've tried already. We're not doing it now. A little bit too far for that. <laughs> a little bit too far. Um, so, yeah, the defeat was a bit disappointing, but I think the performance was was pretty decent. What do you think, Andy? Um, I don't know. I thought Pardew got it really wrong, to be honest. With his in what area? In all areas? He, uh, well, not in all areas. I mean, he picked a goalkeeper, which is always a plus. Yep. And he when made sure that, that people were generally in the, in the right <laughs> position. So, I mean, that was also a plus. I thought he, you know, that it was crying out for me for someone to sit just in front of the defence and do what you'd expect a Jednak to do. And you, you saw how well that worked for West Ham the week before when the young lad, Reese Oxford, more or less just sat in that sort of pocket of space right in front of the centre-backs and just cleared up all day and yeah. we, did, we didn't really try to take that approach Pardew clearly decided that he was going to try to out-Arsenal Arsenal I think it's a tricky one it's funny you should say that because that's the only sort of majorly negative thing I, I took from yesterday was that exact thing not having an enforcer there and then every cutaway seeing our enforcer sat on the bench but from a sort of I don't know I guess a slightly philosophical point of view if you've just paid 10 million for like you know your club record striker a huge boost to the the club and the fans and everybody you just can't really 
can't bench him or play him out of position, can you? And that, that, that's, a, that's a slightly tricky situation that we've never really been in before. Mm. I've never seen us have a strong bench before, you know. Or have so many one. central midfielders. Like, there's yeah. so many central midfielders in that squad now. Yeah. Like, even when, you know, you try to shoehorn much into the team later in the game and you've got, as you say, sort of Jednak sitting on mm. the bench, Ledley not even making the mm. bench recently. Mm. And it just seems that something might have to give there in the transfer market before the end of the month because those players are going to get a little bit annoyed, I would have thought. Do, yeah. you, do you think that... Um, Pardew might have been looking at it from a perspective of the fact that Palace haven't really had a great deal of success at home over the last last season essentially um, and that maybe taking it to Arsenal might have actually surprised them a little bit maybe put them on the back foot I think it's exactly what he that was his intention clearly what he's gone for yeah and he said it pre-match right or, or in the days leading up to it we were going to go toe-to-toe with Arsenal and people <laughs> weren't quite sure what that meant and uh, and then he saw the lineup and I confess, I have to. I, I thought uh, this could be this could be trouble, and I think we started well. as in literally the first couple of minutes, and then from then on, uh, from that breakaway um, where which ended up in MacArthur clearing off the line, it was just Arsenal. And when they scored, mm. you thought we're in big trouble here. Um, but then you never know. If you pick if you pick Jednak or um, my favourite Ledley, um, perhaps you know we sit back, we let them have too much of the initiative, and um, you know, we might never have, we might never have scored that equaliser. We might never have got into the game. So it's very, it's very hard to know. But I think it seems like the consensus is we probably were a little gung ho, given um, all the attacking talent Arsenal have got on that pitch and how good they are uh, on the break. I, mean, I thought on another day it could have been probably three or four nil to Arsenal after about twenty five minutes. Yeah. They, were, they were tearing through us at will, and it was just as well they weren't finishing brilliantly yesterday. Our, our sort of default position last year was to go one nil down wasn't it and this we seem to just it seems to sort of just focus our minds and then we're just we're just cracking away like going at teams and I I think if if there's anything to to take solace in yesterday from the wider football world is that people just love us now you know even Arsenal fans were just like ah you know Palace, I can't believe you. you there, there's there's such natural snobs you know they're like I can't believe I can't believe you took the game to us you know. I was thinking, yeah, you know, West Ham did it last week. You guys are still in bed, you know. Uh, but Pardew did say that, didn't he? He said he'd watched West Ham and he thought, there's chinks in the armour here. And we all know there are. And I think it, overall it was quite a nervy performance from Arsenal that we possibly could have uh, exploited a little bit more. But as defeats go, this is probably the one in the last couple of years that has hurt me the least. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't feel that there's a massive amount to worry about at the moment, which is worrying. You you also have to bear in mind, and I think it's probably one of the biggest talking points of the game, uh, was that Francis Coquelin should have possibly been sent off. I mean, from looking at it... Possibly. Bear in mind, this is... So so Arsene Wenger, after the match, said that the first yellow card wasn't... Shouldn't have been a yellow card. Which So if we give him the benefit of doubt in that case, then the second yellow card... The second incident that should have been a yellow would have then been followed by the third incident, which would have ultimately led to a red card again. Mm. So, so no matter what the argument is against, against Coquelin, you know, again, uh, for Lee Mason, in favour of what Lee Mason did, clearly there was an issue there. What, did, what do you think? Well, I mean, first off, it was a definite sending off and Wenger is so full of shit. I mean, like, <laughs> it, 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 straight away, it's like, yeah, yes. the first one wasn't a yellow. Definitely wasn't a yellow. You can see it wasn't a yellow. What about the second one? Well, I'd have to see it again. <laughs> I suddenly didn't see that one. Didn't see the third one. But um, no, I, th- I think it was one of those situations where Mason was feeling pressured. This happens a lot to refs. 
they feel pressured. There's a lot of people in their ears, different players from both sides, and they feel like they need to take control. And his way of doing that after he realised straight away that he'd already booked Coquelin, didn't want to ruin the game. That's blatantly the decision he made, right? Yeah. After that, Palace players in his ear, and he just thought, let me take control, and he booked the next foul. It was yeah. one of those little series of play where the ref had slightly lost control and was trying to regain control. You see it all the time. It was unprofessional. There were two things that really added insult to injury for me. The, the first thing was the fact that Wenger's, well, I think you've said it as well as anyone can, uh, he, he took him off straight away afterwards. If that wasn't a tacit admission, yeah, the guy was so a, a red card by tackle or should have already had a red card, then I don't know what is. And then the secondly is the fact that by all accounts, everyone says that they saw effectively Per Mertesacker acting as a messenger from Mason going over to yeah. Wenger saying if you don't take him off I'm going to send him off mm-hmm. which if it, obviously there's a lot of supposition there we don't know whether that's actually what he said to Mertesacker but it's all very convenient and if that is the case then it's you know it's, he's let himself down as a referee mm-hmm. frankly it's, um, it's, yeah that's in a pre-season friendly you understand that yeah. um, but in the heat of, of Premier League battle where uh, there's a professional ref remember who um who, like, it's, it's, it's not like 20 years ago where they're turning up on a Sunday and on top of the, the, their normal day job pressure, they've suddenly got 50,000, well, 26,500 fans screaming in their ear. Um, it's, I think you call it right, it's downright unprofessional. And for, that, yeah, especially for, if you look at, you look at the, the opening game for Chelsea this season where Couture was uh, uh, immediately red-carded. I mean, that, that ref, I can't remember which ref it was, but he, he didn't think twice. He was just like... This is the situation. Blatant goal scoring. Michael Oliver again? I think. It might have been Michael Oliver. Michael Oliver. And, and he just sent him off. No second thoughts about, oh, actually, this might ruin the game. Actually, this is a really big team. TV, blah, blah, blah. You know, and he just did the thing that is in his head to do as a professional ref. And Mason didn't do that. Mason actually stopped and thought, ooh, he's already been booked. Yeah, you have to also... That's not, that's not a conversation. Yeah, you have not, to also bear in mind... Debate. I mean, you really do have to bear in mind that, that a referee's position is not to side with one side over the mm. other. You know, it's mm. not to side with a big team or to worry about the value mm. of the entertainment. That's mm. not what they're... Exactly. That's not what he's That's there. why Oliver's decision was... He brave. completely undermined... Lee Mason completely undermined his role as a referee in that situation. The argument as well that I hear, that I've seen on Twitter and I've seen, seen on forums, is that these things even themselves out. Now, I would argue that that's that there is an element of truth to that because you know you look at the Norwich game. You could argue that maybe the result <laughs> yeah. the result could have gone the other way. However, <laughs> what you would then what you would then say in response to that is that if you're going to say that every time something goes wrong against your team, then you might as well just say it's scripted and allow the top teams to just take the wins from from whatever games they wish because ultimately that was a decision that favoured Arsenal and that I reckon that that favoured Arsenal on the grounds that they were a bigger side than Crystal Palace at that point. And he didn't even rule out the Giroud goal for obviously a high foot and uh, <laughs> yeah. Joel Wall was within about you know six feet of him. So yeah. I mean, just who a, knows just what Joel could have done? Like, Joel might injury. have dived in head first, desperately trying to stop that overhead kick. Just another yeah. discussion. Very dangerous from Giroud. I think not even thinking, was he? On the subject of Joel Ward, um, there there have been some questions about his performance. Uh, What did you think, Mike? Do you think that it was... He's not as bad as people say he was yesterday and he's not as good as people say he is generally. Well, that's that one over then, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Not much more to say. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there was some calls of of, of Ward for England last year and, uh, you know, I'm not 100% sure about that. But, um, 
Nah, you know, every, every every quality player has an off day. I mean, look look at the entire Arsenal team last last week, you know. Um, yesterday we had a couple of guys who maybe weren't at their very best. Balassi and Zaha maybe not. Hundred percent fit. I'm not. I can't be sure, but they well, didn't look as sharp said as much, didn't they? Oh, did he? Yeah. They didn't look as sharp as 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 I, I would usually expect from them. But on the whole, you know, with I wouldn't want to call it a subpar performance, but not not a classic Palace performance. We were still mixing it with one of the greats from from kickoff to to, to the final whistle. And so. you, you've got to bear in mind as well that Joel Ward was playing against possibly one of the best midfielders in the Premier League last season, one of the best players in the world in Alexis Sanchez. Yeah, yeah, but the the mistake in the first half where he sort of let the ball roll um roll past him and then hesitated. Even even if you're playing against Championship League one player, you don't get that much time in that part of the pitch. Um That is true. So, yeah, when you, when you know it's a World Cup winner, you've got you argue you've got to be even more careful. I think if you're asking on the doing the typical thing of um, you, the, the the team that you're a fan of, you're hypercritical of because mm. um, you see mm. them every week. Mm. And if you're asking Ward not to have a game like he had yesterday ever, um, then you're asking him to be basically the best fullback or most consistent fullback in the Premier League. Yeah, and he's but not. you also call you also asking for the game to be called two 0 instead of two one. He got the goal. Yeah, you know? this is, so, yeah true. I mean, it's an interesting point as well, mentioning Zaha and Balassi not being in the race. I, I, I do think that Joel Ward is a little bit overhyped by a lot of Palace fans for a variety of reasons. Um, but he didn't get a lot of protection from e- either winger yesterday. When I, I know they switched around a few times, but mm. neither of them was sort of doubling up particularly well and tracking back. Balassi doesn't look fit or distracted or a mixture of both, or is thinking about being in North London as well. Like Zaha, Zaha, well, yeah, there you go, Zaha. <laughs> also was a little bit off the ball and Joel then didn't get the protection that he, he sort of necessarily would have needed in a match like that to play to his best and he's not always positionally spot on but then again if he was positionally spot on and as mobile as he is and all the other stuff he wouldn't be playing for Palace frankly exactly but um, on Ward he is a very good Palace player and ergo a good certainly not elite and probably just shy of the very good level but he's better than um, you know, a huge chunk of, uh, of Premier League fullbacks, better than someone like a Phil Bardsley, say. Um, probably more consistent last season than a, than a Glenn Johnson. Probably more, probably uh, net net a, a, a better contributor. But yep, I think I we, pa- Palace fans expect him to be. We've got this vision of him being this invincible, world-beating right um, fullback. It's because he looks a little bit like a superhero. So yeah, he kind of <laughs> does quite a lot. Doesn't Kent, yeah. he's I mean, got, he's got the quiff. Well, I mean, you hear sometimes some of our fans, and it came up last season, saying, you know, he's better than Klein, which is clearly no. errant nonsense. <laughs> and um, you Spe- know, it's- speaking of quiffs, completely changing the subject. Oh. Uh, where's this going? <laughs> That's a tenuous link. <laughs> Connor Wickham, he has a very well-styled quiff. Yes. And, um, I thought he had an interesting game as well yesterday. Mm. What's the question? Um, what did you think of? I, that I think there was a question around that false link in, somewhere. He was yeah. leading into uh, talking Connor about Wickham Connor Wickham and no, seeing what, he, what you thought. Do you think that he's someone that, that <laughs> you, you clearly can see that, that Pardew thinks of Conor Wickham as being the nat- natural successor to Glenn Murray? Yeah, yeah. Do you think Murray would have been better off starting the game? Or? Well, I mean, it's, it's a weird one because uh, it's, it's absolutely spot on what Mike says about fans of a club being ultra critical. The other, the other thing that's very typical of fans is that the grass is always greener. So we moan about our players when they're there yeah. week in, week out, and then the second they're gone, we're like, I'll tell you what was missing from that game. 
Glenn Murray and Mele Jedna. Yeah. But it was weird when watching that game because those two definitely would have brought a kind of stability to that to that team. So what you're saying is what we were missing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's so hard because you know ultimately it's it, it's hypocritical, but it did feel like there was two bastards missing from from the team yesterday. And uh, Glenn Murray's certainly a bastard. Not as a man, no, as a footballer. Yeah. Strong kind of, yeah. Rough, yeah. kind of player that roughs up defenders. There you go. Particularly, Arsenal hate that. Yeah, the, the, like, the, the, it is a stereotype, but I'm sure it's true. You're, the, the likes of Man City, where Murray had a brilliant game against last season, and you, you, you'd probably extend the same argument to any of the other top four. They're probably not used to playing against a player, probably like a Lambert and a Grant Holt in previous seasons, who's played a lot of his career at League One, League Two, and mm. knows... How to be a bastard, to borrow mm-hmm. Doc's uh, turn of phrase. Um, the, in, the, the thing with, with Murray and Wickham, my, I, I was thinking about it earlier this week. My take on it is Murray's a player for now. Wickham is, as you guys alluded to, the long-term successor. But if you're playing, at some point, Wickham has to play. So if you're playing Murray for 75, 80 minutes every week and Wickham gets 10 minutes, um, you know, a few short cameos... Then he's never really going to progress mm. from this player. Yeah, that, you know, true. we talk about this raw twenty-two-year-old who's been misused at Sunderland. We'd effectively be doing the same thing. I think it's hard. Thing I, is, though, he, he's still he is still raw. So you, you play him, and he's but he's more mobile than Murray. So you play him in the games yeah. that are going to be a bit more open against the slightly lesser teams in the Premier League. I think yesterday it was, it was crying out for someone who isn't sort of you know fresh in the face and it, it is a bit longer in the tooth and knows yeah, yeah. how to do really cynical stuff off yeah. the ball and uh, basically you know as you say be a bit of a bastard and, 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 and Connor, Connor, he rose quite well for quite a lot of headers I, I didn't think he did badly at all oh, he was Maybe unlucky he, not to score as well, he was yeah. unlucky mm-hmm. not to score brought, brought um, other players into play as well but I think that was you know that was one of those games that was probably crying out for a more experienced more cynical head one, really yeah. yeah but if, if Wickham is the future Murray and I, I do agree with that it does feel like a smooth transition what is this sounds like an existential question what is Patrick Bamford Bamford, what is he because obviously he's here on loan for a season but Gail who nobody seems to fancy except me and I say that in footballing terms and man love terms (laughs) um, is, is, is there just sort of collecting dust uh, Bamford will be gone at the end of the season Let's, uh, have we got an option on him I doubt it I, I doubt it as well yeah. And he, no, I read no. an interview with him uh, yesterday did you read that in the, in the Observer yeah he wants to play for Chelsea um, right? he's, he's desperate failed. to play he for Chelsea he literally mentions it every two minutes yeah he can't stop talking about so, it so, so how, how did you how right, did you the game he didn't even mention Palace in the whole interview it was, it was like <laughs> much of a muchness it was, it was nothing to do with Palace which was frustrating but obviously he read the whole thing expecting to hear some Palace news well given his posture as well <laughs> I know JD's not here but we don't need terrible he, he, do, he does play the violin yeah and I'd, speaks multiple languages <laughs> just for people who can only listen and not see when I said that uh, Andy Street's earphones literally fell off his head <laughs> in shock a <laughs> uh, footballer playing the violin no he does um, but yeah um, it's a fair question who, though, who, what, 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 is, what is he to us is, is he there in the basis that Gale's definitely going to go in this window and so Bamford will be our nippy little guy who we, we stick on with 15 minutes to go so I read the director's cut of the same article where there is a there is a bit of a palace section and he says he um, he spoke to Pardew and, that's right and yeah. Pardew said he'll get his chance at number 9 which is interesting because I would have thought he's if anything, he'll get in in the... He's off the number nine. Yeah, exactly. In the behind the striker position where he's got the same issue, right? Punching, goodbye, Shamak, much. Where, you know, that that beautiful issue we have of, of competition for places in all the attacking positions. Mm. Um, but it is strange. You, you assume that if 
Mourinho loans out a player, it's under the proviso that he's likely to play mm. or, or st- you know or start a large chunk of games. And I don't see him. Um, I don't see him fitting in. And just to your uh, to your previous point, Doc. Um, again, I remember that article. He mentioned how when he was at Borough, he played Arsenal last season in the cup, and it was he didn't get touched. It was a real chasing experience. It was more of a chase than than it was a football match. It was just running. Mm. And I think you got to bear that in mind when analysing Wickham's performance yesterday. Very Arsenal home or away for a lone striker. It's a tough gig. Oh, they just make you. They'll, they'll make you do doggies all day long, more than any other team in the league. Very so, true. do you think that with that that in mind, we 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 touched on the whole Jednak um, issue. Do you think that having someone like Jednak would have actually helped? Because bear in mind that you've got you're, you're not dealing with big centre midfield units for Arsenal they're, they're quick and nimble players so in that case you've got Kabai who, who does a great deal, great deal of defending you know he can, he can play that box to box midfielder role and then you've got MacArthur alongside him who is the kind of dogged type mm. do you think that, it, that, that in terms of looking at it from a, a purely logical way that that was actually not a bad lineup, and that, that those two, you, you would hope that those two might have made more of a difference. Never, never a bad lineup. So that's a match, that's a match winning lineup with with uh, goals potentially all over the pitch and uh, and very attack minded. This is definitely a, a team that can win a game, a big game even. There's just something about Arsenal that made me feel like Yednak and Murray might have been the the wiser choice. But you know, listen. It's, it's very hard to call. I don't. I don't. You never know what these boys are doing in training. We all think we're experts who can make the make better decisions than the managers. But the crucial thing with pundits and and, and amateurs like us alike is that we don't we don't watch training and you yeah. don't know who's showing. Like for me, that's always been the biggest question over Dwight Gale the past couple of years because I I love Dwight Gale. I can't say it enough. And all he does is score goals. He just comes on and scores goals, and that's all he does. He's one of the very single-minded players, but. Well, we've been through four managers now who just don't pick him. Mm. And all I can imagine is that maybe he's not doing in training what, what the other boys are doing. I think in fairness as well, when it comes to Dwight Gale, he's got this, um, as you say, it's single track kind of mm. approach to playing. And then you've got a team where essentially we play one person up front and we, mm. did, that under, we did that under Warnock a lot. We did that under Pulis pretty much like most of the time. Uh, Pulis tried to play him in a wing role mm. and that, that didn't seem to work it did once or twice Aston Villa mm. away for example where he yeah. scored that cracking goal oh, what a goal but it's the problem is I think that he doesn't fit in, he doesn't fit into that system he doesn't fit into the kind of way of thinking where if you're a winger you've got to do the tracking back you've got to, yeah. you've got to be available to go forward which Belassi and, and uh, Wilfred do so brilliantly uh, and if you're a striker, then you've got to do some of the dirty work as well. And you've got, got to bastard. Try and bring other players into play. And I think that's the problem for, for Dwight is that, as we said on last week's party, he just he's the kind of person that needs to play off another striker. Right. I think yeah. we've advanced maybe away from that. Yeah. I think yeah. you'll, I think you'll leave in this window, frankly. But I mean, so going back to the point on whether it was right because Kabai and MacArthur are a bit more mobile than maybe a Jednak or Ledley. 
I mean, who, who have Arsenal hated playing most over the last sort of 15, 20 years? It's been Stoke mm-hmm. or a Pulis team mm-hmm. or Bolton. Mm-hmm. And they were just big bastards who would kick lumps yeah, out of Arsenal. That's true. And I think, you know, Jednak does get passed around quite easily. But if you've got him and Ledley in that area in front of the back four, just occasionally committing niggly, mm. horrible little... Just, just you know, that level of facial hair is enough. Yeah, I mean, I'd just be scared. people like Cazorla. It's like half, half the cast of 300 or something mm. when you've got those two. Santi Cazorla would get lost in the forest of those two beards. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be perfect because he is like a little woodland creature, of sorts, isn't he? <laughs> he really is. <laughs> um, finally, uh, I think it's probably a good idea to touch on um, Alex McCarthy's performance. I thought he was really, he had a, a decent uh, stint in, in goal. Made some um, good saves, yeah. I mean, yeah, I thought it, he, he looked nervous in that Norwich game and he made a couple of. You know, well, his kicking wasn't great because he looked like he was a bit. He looked like he was tensing up and mm. pulling it every time because of that, and he looked a little bit sort of nervy with with uh, the Norwich goal that day as well. But I, I couldn't really fault him too yeah. much. Yesterday. And he seemed louder as well. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, than he did in in the, in the Norwich game, which is it's just something you always want to see from your back four and keeper. You just want to see loads of shouting, yeah. even if they're not even listening to each other. It's just it makes you feel better. Like, like like with Joe Hart yesterday, you see how loud... I mean, it was like the it's biggest squeeze. attendance ever at, um, at, at City's, City's ground. And, and, and Joe Hart, you could hear clearly mm. screaming at Yaya Toure. A little bit like um, when Alan Partridge was shouting Dan. It was a lot like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Toure just yeah, completely yeah. ignored him. Yaya! Yaya! He's not heard me. Um, Mike, what did you think of the... There was the uh, we've seen some mentions on the forums and Twitter that maybe uh, McCarthy could have probably could have done better with the Giroud effort. What did you think? I'd love to see someone do better with that uh, with that effort. He's going the wrong way. It's you can't expect a yeah, how could a shot you possibly from there. expect him to do that? It the ball's was, behind him. Yeah, anything you're expecting him to completely. It's in that really awkward area as well, where if you put it just close enough yeah. to the keeper's feet, but not so close that he can save it with his feet, but it's down there. And obviously that works really well on an audio-based podcast where your listeners can hear that. I'm going, <laughs> down, down there. Down there. If you can't, there, see, there, you know. can't see listeners, it's down there. And uh, it's a really difficult area to save it in. And mm. the ball's coming back. It's a brilliant finish. You, yeah. can't, you can't say much more than and that. He made a couple of saves as well that, that actually, you could argue, there, there, there was one where... Um, where it was a backheeled flick and it, it, it you know, if you yeah, hadn't made the yeah. save, then it, it might not, you know, people might have said, well... He should have done better. But that's the thing. There was a, there was a few there are a few uh, there are a few times where he got praised for making saves. We think, well, <laughs> it's almost the same people that criticise him for the for the um, Giroud goal, and then a similar a, a shot that he should have saved, um, which he does save um, straight at him. The, yeah, the couple the the Oxley Chamberlain chance at the end. Uh, a couple of others. The first, um, uh, the first Sanchez one, where before McCarthy cleared it off the line, people call it a great save. But then if that goes in, surely that's w- much worse of a mistake than the Giroud goal. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting point. There's no, there's no normal save for a keeper to make. It's either a terrible mistake or a great save. And, and obviously, there's always more focus on the keeper because that's what gets replayed. You yeah. never see the stupid mistake in midfield that was like you know a thirty seconds before that made the yeah. back four panic that left the keeper or, or one of the back four or two of the back four out of position you never see that mistake or if you do it's never dwelt on it's always the keeper yeah. the other thing I would say to people who over, overly criticise keepers is that the vast majority of us who watch football 
either don't play don't play the game or we play like fives or seven sides with and, a little go- and those goal. goals are fucking massive <laughs> <laughs> they're huge have you ever actually stood by one like, I feel for every keeper because that is terrifying but they're big aren't they apart from Sproni they're quite big they're yeah. quite but the goal is bigger a lot bigger <laughs> I'm telling you there's a lot of goal for those listeners who've never been Near the level of side goal. Go and have a look at the goal. There you go. Have a look at the goal. Go on a pitch next week. <laughs> I'm just looking at the goal. Just at the goal. I've told you before. Stop looking at the goal. <laughs> on that, on that bombshell. On that. No, oh God, uh, we're not uh, talking. Um, but on that uh, that note, we're going to wrap, wrap things up and uh, join us in part two for uh, questions. Hello and welcome back to part two of the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Hello again. Uh, it's been brought to you by JC Innovation and Strategy, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com as well as uh, Vector Printing, which is www.vector.co.uk. And that's Vector with a K hey. uh, for all your printing and embroidery, embroidery needs, Still which got we those found needs. out earlier. That, Still got those yeah. needs. Um, so I don't think you want to find out and go, I've got needs, Vector. I've got needs. <laughs> what, what embroidered stuff are you wearing? <laughs> Vector is not a sex line, I just want to clarify that. Vector? Vect- yeah, Vector. Vect- oh, Vector, okay. yeah. Vector with a C is that, that yeah. kind of... That, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> this part is uh, all about the questions. So we've had quite a few come in today. Um, the first one... How big are the goals? <laughs> um, yeah, oh, go. Uh, yeah, fucking massive. Yeah. If you listen to part one, you'll hear me talk in a bit more detail about. Because some of these goalkeepers are like six six, aren't they? And they're not as tall as the goal, there so it must be pretty tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. Mike covered that as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we've got the first question, which is from Josh Nadarajan. Hi, Josh. Um, and he asks uh, Zaha or Balassi, who is more pivotal to the team? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, he reckons Zaha, but by a small margin. We, we better hope Zaha so, if Balassi's off. Do you really think he's going to go? Well, there, was a, there was an article today, wasn't there, saying, oh, I, I really like Spurs. Oh, no, he didn't say I really like Spurs, but it, it was effectively saying, if an offer comes in from a top six side, I'm going to have to think about it seriously. It's rare you get direct quotes. That from, said, according to... I can't see Spurs finishing top six. <laughs> <laughs> according, according to Chris, Chris Grierson, he, he reckoned that they, they were rehashed quotes from June. Um, mm, which interesting. We, I mean, they to do be that fair, they sit, they they do sit do on these quotes a lot of they the time do. and they just wait for the right time. That's totally true. Sounds uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> either way, there was also a Twitter rumour from some random bloke who was basically saying it was a done deal for 19 and a half million, which doesn't sound realistic. 19 and a half, yeah. I but understand anyway. that like, the money and whatnot, like if, if, if we were going to get 20 million for him, that's big for us. Um, Spurs are going to be able to pay him more. Uh, he'll be seen by more fans and has profile will raise I understand all of that but just in terms of just pure professional footballing career just in terms of like your progression as a player Spurs is a sideways step and Ooh. any Spurs listening to me they can have at me for that but I genuinely believe that Spurs is a much bigger club but right now and that's all the players think about right now what's happening right now you're better off at Palace well we're above them in the table so and yeah, QED. season could end that. I don't think they can pay him more. Now, um, you know, given you know, the cliches now about the TV deal being an equaliser. You know, Spurs, we we're probably trying to. Offer, I'm guessing here, but we're probably trying to offer him a fairly decent contract. You know, on par, maybe not quite with a Dan, um, but you know, getting close to sort of 50, 60k a week, which I wouldn't imagine Spurs would pay pay much more than that. So. 
it's purely about the prestige. Yeah. And, and who who are these dynamos that you're going to play with? Like with some such, like the Sterling situation. I know Liverpool fans hate him, and, but just watching him yesterday, I was, I was thinking, look at the megastars he's playing with now. You know, and looking at the Liverpool side as of the end of last season, it's not really anyone there. You've got to also bear in so mind who's at Spurs. Like Harry Kane for Palace. You've got to think about. You know, how do you replace someone like that mm. if you're if you're truly aiming for a top ten position? Because not only you're going to have to get a player in, probably from a from a lesser club, mm-hmm. you then have to hope that they actually adapt to the way that the team play and the mm-hmm. way that the team, you know, the, the way that you want them tactically to play. So you've got to you've got to have the engine that Balassi has. But Balassi, the thing about Yannick is that he's that creative spark. Like the, you know, he'll have. The, the, the argument is that he uh, doesn't create enough but but just by being the player that he is he, he creates, creates space chances. that's what he yeah. creates he makes life really difficult he for defenders with his tricks so uh, you know for, by all means Spurs could come in with a, a, a bid for 19.5 million but in the in the greater scheme of things after just spending 10 million on someone like Kabai mm. do we really want to sell him for 20 million so are we going to answer the question I was going to say yeah. do we think yeah. it's more pivotal so, I think uh, Balassi yeah, uh, if, if they're both fit and they're both on song because Wolf is still developing and Balassi's mm. got a few years on him yeah. I, I think you probably got to say Balassi but I mean you know he doesn't look fit at the moment Balassi and he didn't really look on it yesterday he didn't mm. really look on it when he came mm. on Against Norwich, I don't know. We've dis- we discussed this a bit in the last pod. Balassi's influence, certainly to the wider media, definitely overstated, uh, and possibly a little bit amongst Palace fans. He, in terms of changing games and having, um, and, and having consistent games for you know, a, a understanding that wingers aren't always going to be uh, consistent for ninety minutes. But in terms of having really good games, it's only about three or four. Um, and obviously there's the criticism about his end product about the number of assists and, and the number of goals but I think we remember the, the, the two Liverpool games particularly the second one you remember the Sunderland game where he scored a hat-trick um, but you quite easily forget the whole game the West Brom game where he didn't contribute much mm. um, and Wilf gets I even amongst Palace fans I think and uh, he, uh, having since he's come back and he had that little bit of a tough start under Warnock his influence is probably understated. So I think he's underrated, Blassie's overrated, slightly. Um, both on their day, uh, amongst the best players in the league and can, and, and can win a game. And it's, isn't it amazing when you see them just switch sides and the defenders yeah. are still trying to work out how to defend against one of them and now they've gone to the other side and they're struggling with the other. I love that. Yeah. Well, it was amazing as well because you also, uh, uh, against Arsenal, you then saw punch and move to the middle. Yeah. Uh, sorry, punch and move to the, to, left. To the left. Yannick yeah. in the middle. I mean, it's just, it, we get so much flexibility. Yeah, it is a beautiful thing. But if, you know, I, I mean, personally, if, 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 if it came down to it, I would say Zaha purely based on potential yeah. and goals I think when we watch their careers go on I, I do believe that Wilf will get more goals than Balassi no matter what clubs they're at they end up being at um, but uh, if Balassi does go I don't think it's the end of the world because of punch good Josh, question thank good you question. for that question yeah, that was really Josh. good um, another one from Josh a different, jo- a different Josh this time board X corner we're only doing Josh's today yeah um, do you think that a more technical footballing centre at a defensive midfield is on Pardew's shopping list? That's um, a good question. Uh, and maybe that's why he's looking at potentially selling Jednak and Ledley? Um, there's also another question from Basil Piers, which is kind of on the same vein. Hi, and that's, um, surely we can't let Jedi and Ledley go. So I guess it's mm-hmm. if you can roll the two into... into You can let one of the two go, um, and it's really tough. I'm... <laughs> Yeah, clear, I clearly, Mike's I clearly my, biased. I declared my love for, for Ledley on the last one, but I'm 
Um, yeah, clearly, Millet is an inspirational leader. He's yeah. part of part of the reason why it would be uh, uh, sad for Balassi to go. Is similar to Millet, they're part of the team's journey yeah, from the definitely. championship to where we are now. Mm. Uh, and that's one of the like one of the really nice things about being a Palace fan right now. You get that that game against West Ham. We had seven of them. There's still so many of us. Yeah, it's so good. But um, I think it's a, it's a very interesting question. We, we t- what we touched on last week was. I think to the to the uh, to the, new, the casual observer to the uh, to the average Palace fan, the one player we wanted to sign this summer to take us to to, to improve the team was a really good centre half to partner Dan, mm. and that's the one player we haven't signed. And we keep you know Parish will say we got we're announcing a new player tomorrow. You think it's going to be a centre half, and it's Patrick Bamford or it's Bakary Sacco. Um, so if we were to sign a defensive midfielder now. You'd, again, you know, it would it, be more of the same, and you'd, you'd expect the next player to be Dan's long-term partner. It was like that period where we we needed a left back for like four <laughs> years. Yeah. And we'd bring in a new player. You're like, it's going to be a left back now. It's yeah. going to be a left back. Yeah. Oh no, we we brought in uh, Andy Dorman. It's going to be a left back. It's going to be a left back. Oh no, it's another right back. <laughs> Do you think that it's because we have Kabai that we're not look, that we might not look towards getting another defensive midfielder? Is Kabai the man to take that? I think Kabai there's I think there's Kabai related problems coming our way, and I say that as a, as a, as a typical Palace pessimist. But I, I'm I mean I watched him quite a bit at, at Newcastle, and he's 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 so skillful, and it's great to have somebody who actually takes a decent dead ball as well. But uh, yeah, I, I don't I just don't think he's as tough as either of those two men, and. I, I, if it if it does spell the uh, end of one of Ledley or Jedi, because I'd hate to lose both of them, I guess as painful as it sounds, that it would have to be Jedi to mm. go, mainly based on age, I guess. Yeah, I think I, I I wonder if we've actually milked the best of Jedi. Not saying he hasn't got another season or two in him. Of course he has. We milked Jedi. <laughs> yeah, his skills, not his genitals. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, actually, I mean I don't know. Footballers get very bored these days, don't they? They've got so much money. And so much spare Lately, time, especially yeah. out injured. Who knows what's getting milked? Well, maybe that's why. <laughs> Lenny. <laughs> yeah. I no feel like the, the legal part of me says that should really get cut. The, the, the finding that quite funny part says no, we'll leave it. Try and milk Ledley. Maybe. Okay. We'll what milk, you want we'll is like, a bit, you want to <laughs> see bit, what happens. You want a bit of spunk in the field. So I guess Ledley's probably the best. Try and milk Ledley. But no, if you in a, on a, I was going to say on a serious point, but maybe that was a maybe that was a serious point. It was a serious point. I don't want to discredit it. <laughs> humorous we've, we've just, taken the best out of out of Jednak maybe yeah maybe, maybe. You, and the same with Balassi I think what when people talk about um, CPFC 2010 being smarter and when people talk about the sort of money ball approach to football um, as often as that gets used I think the principle is milk <laughs> milk the most out of the players and then sell them for once uh, once their value to you starts to decline and you can and, and you can get the most out of them. Wenger did it brilliantly for years, didn't he? Yeah, exactly right. And uh, and all the um, all, all, all you know, the, the sort of the Portos and, and the Leons who and the Atletico Madrid. Benfica. Well, yeah, um, uh, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it'll be an in, it's an interesting one, really, isn't it? I guess I guess you'd probably I, that my 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 view of it is that you, we're seeing Jednak still on the bench and Ledley not involved at all. Yeah, I imagine that we'll keep Jednak. If, if given a choice, um, if, if it's not both of them. Well, there was a story, wasn't there, that we were listening to offers for Dudley, if, yeah. if necessary, on Twitter over the last few days. But, I was going to say there's a tweet. Actually from, I think, a Daily Mail journalist. So that probably means nothing. It'd be a real shame. I mean, he's, the influence he's had in the centre of that pitch, for me, is that's such a tough thing to do, to, yeah. to walk into a team and have that kind of influence over proceedings. 
it's really difficult not saying any position is easy but I'm sure being in that hole there where the biggest clashes are it can't be easy to just get in with a new bunch of lads and just suddenly have this influence in the way that he has and I think that is priceless I think it's also part of the problem for Pardew maybe was that when he first arrived uh, Mele was away on international duty right. um, spent a long quite, quite a bit of time um, you know playing for Australia so I think so maybe they didn't build that bond well I think that may have played a part and then with, with Ledley Ledley's had um, I think there were some fitness issues in terms of his hips or something like that where that caused him problems where he couldn't play every match so I think you, you've got a bit kind of Pardew's looked at it from a perspective of, of not having those players available anyway and it seemed mm. to be we seemed and to be okay with that out. yeah I see what you're saying um, but yeah, it's and a place that sort of suit a fairly cautious outlook. And I mean, if it might, I if suppose, yesterday yeah. proved anything, it's that Pardew will throw caution to the wind, and maybe, maybe that's why you're starting to see those slightly more defensive-minded midfielders being sidelined. If you can get a fair amount of money for for, for Mile, and given his nationality, a couple of people have talked about maybe the Chinese league or the Middle East, close to home. Someone pay, give us puts three, four million on the table for a 31-year-old. Um, then maybe, yeah, maybe he is is the right time to sell him. And and if if this this mythical um, ball playing central midfielder, uh, as much as we're kind of overlaid in that position, yeah, I think uh, a dream signing for me would, uh, this this summer would have been someone like a Stephen Nzonzi, which you know clearly had no chance. But someone who is a bastard. But it's also technically really Is that good. the highest you aim in your dreams? Yeah. Stephen Nzonzi. Yeah. I, I can't say I ever dreamt of Nzonzi <laughs> coming to Palace, but I, you know, I, yeah, I've definitely appreciated him when, I, when I've seen him. Um, but I think we could do better than yeah. Nzonzi. <laughs> Another really Zons. good question, I thought. That, yeah. was, that was really good. Um, yeah. Cheers, Josh. On the subject. On to the next Josh. Mm. On the subject of milk, <laughs> wow. Oliver Moss uh, has got a question for Streety, I think, which is uh, Is Conte just an even more poncy version of Gruyere? Well, that's a really good in-joke that uh, two people will get. I uh, basically <laughs> got, got home from the pub last night and most people binge on, like, you know, kebabs on their way home. Mm. But uh, I decided to go home and binge on Comte cheese and then hated myself this morning when I realised how middle-class I am. Uh, I, don't, I, I think it's actually called, it's called Gruyere de, de Comte. Is it? And so very nice. Yeah. So it is a punk, more punty version. Yeah, what did you yeah, eat? Was it? Yeah. Or were you just eating? Was it literally just, just you know? Some, were you some, just like sat on the some sofa? Some organic uh, fair trade hummus were or something like that. Sat on the sofa like munching on a big lump of cheese. Then pretty much. Yeah. 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 It's a good image, isn't it? Yeah. It was great fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice one, uh, Oliver. Um, so we've got uh, Beat City Tone um, is asking after failing to beat the bottom club at home. Uh, is it time really? for Pardew to go? Nice. That's a very, that's a very good. Were they bottom before you? I think they would. I think they yeah. might have been. Yeah. 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 yeah they, probably they didn't not. score, did they? And they let in what two? Oh no, they couldn't have been. It would have been someone lost three 0 didn't they? West First Brom. weekend, West Brom. I guess they were probably bottom after the. Oh, West Brom got point after though. fixtures ah, though. Yes. Yes. Saturday's fixtures. Nice. So well, yeah, see what he's done there. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I don't think so. Yeah. Bring back Warnock. Um, give me one second I'm going to get the rest of the we've got questions on Facebook as well I never so. ever want to see Neil Warnock's face again it's nice that he's on radio do you know what I mean well that not even if helps. you see like uh, I don't want to Warnock see jailed for uh, insert I, like I don't finger. even want to see a photo of Zelda from Terrorhawks because that reminds me of Neil Warnock or Mrs. Doubtfire or Mrs. Doubtfire oh, I don't want to see any of these bastards ever again um, so Carl, times. Carl Mortimer <laughs> Hi Carl uh, asks do we feel that if a Palace player was on the same tightrope as Coquelin uh, 
would 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 the referee have gone without hesitation? As in, would he would he have been would it, would would MacArthur have been sent oh, this off? Is kind of the big club, smaller club yeah. debate. Because uh, I mean, MacArthur got I, booked. After... I just think there's different types of refs who have different ideas about the game, and Lee Mason's one of those ones who thinks, oh, "I just booked him. I don't want to be one of those trigger happy red card refs." Whereas mm. Michael Oliver's obviously thought, "You know what? This is the rules. That's what yeah. I'm doing." Yeah, you know, it's, it's about character. I don't think it's like I, I don't always buy into this kind of. It's a big club, therefore. I mean, Courtois got sent off at home. Oliver had that performance up at Old Trafford where he refused to give Man United about a million penalties. Yeah. Not a million, because obviously that'd be quite an eventful match. <laughs> but, yeah, pretty much everything happened in that yeah. game was penalties. Yeah. Um, no, I, 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 I don't know. I, it's, a, it's a really tricky one. I can understand it, but I just don't believe that there's this conspiracy going on with refs. I've, I think it's genuinely down to the man, like the individual, and what his instinct tells him. And I totally get that you think, yeah. oh, it's, you know, it's a good game, everything's going well, I don't want to be that guy. He's just been booked. <laughs> That's so your job. I know, but I, I, I get it. I'm, not, I'm yeah, not defending it. I think it's absolutely fucking wrong. But that, to me, is more believable than, well, there's Arsenal and there's Chelsea right. and the conglomerate, the Illuminati of the Premiership. Yeah, that's what they want you to believe. Yeah. That's what Jose Mourinho would have us believe, you know? And once you start believing what he believes, you're done. <laughs> um... Another question uh, is from Gareth Davies. Hi, Gareth. Ex-Palace um, player. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think it's him. The but, uh, Gareth it, Davies. Yeah. Is Gareth's <laughs> question, why does Rob yeah. not talk towards the microphone when he asks Sorry. questions? <laughs> it's because the iPad is away from the microphone. Uh, how long Other before... tablets are available. Uh, yes, that's true. Uh, they're, how, they're no good, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the huddle. Um, <laughs> Unless they're made by Vector.co.uk. Embroidered tablets. Embroidered tablets, I'm telling you. That's some great consultancy. Oh, mate, I'm telling you. You're nailing it. Uh, how long before <laughs> Pardew knows his best 11? That's a good question, isn't it? Given the, the whole conundrum about Jednak. Yeah. And mm. Strikers. I mean, wasn't he always a tinker man at Newcastle? He likes sort of rotating players in and rotating mm. players out. So yeah. I, I don't think he's not going to be. You know, last season Jose Mourinho played the same team at yeah. Chelsea more or less every Listen, week. I think there's a, there's a tinker man and then there's a, a man who understands alternatives who plays each game based on who that particular opposition is right in other words you've got plans B C D throughout you know uh, and I think Pardew is one of those guys a bit like Gary Monk who's intelligent enough to look at the opposition and say have I got the personnel to set up the way that I would prefer to set up against this kind of personnel and I think that's all Pardew's doing I don't see him as this guy who's like constantly looking like Van Van Hall I often get the feeling like he's just throwing everything at the wall and just seeing what was yeah. so I was going to say <laughs> what's a tinker man when he picks names randomly yeah. out of a hat yeah which is laughing what, the rest is, of us yeah which is what they get the, the, you know how they branded Ranieri back in the day again I think slightly unfairly but um, no I, I think Pardew's very close if, if if not there I just I just genuinely believe that he picks the team and the, the squad actually for that day do you think that's old like the, the, the pick your best 11 and just stick with that is that kind of old school no I, I don't like think that's Neil what he's Warnock doing style approach no no but I'm saying he's the opposite of that oh yeah yeah definitely. he's looking at the best the, yeah. the tools In- the best tools to well, do all the you job. need to do is look at the old school approaches England yeah. if you look at England all we do is pick who we think the best 11 players are yeah. In that position, that's a nonsense way of picking your squad. There could be someone in in a team that is, you know, uh, maybe on the outskirts of the, uh, uh, their club team, but bring something brilliant 
when they're played with certain other types of players, you know? I mean, the, the Heskey situation is probably the best example of that. Someone who's just, you know, not setting anything on fire, you know, um, not even himself, unfortunately, but like <laughs> put him with Owen and you got a perfect combination, you know? Mm. And sometimes you just got to pick the right players for your vision rather than, oh, he's the biggest star, he's the biggest star, he's the biggest star. And if there's any weakness, I would say at the moment with Pardew, is, is my, my little concern that maybe he feels like he has to pick Kabaye every week. Um, Kieran Guilford, that was a good question, by the way. Hi, Kieran. I was, did, you, did you want to answer anything of that? I think Ben covered that quite well, didn't he? The last uh, question. Yeah, I, I, I repeat what <laughs> yeah. Ben said. Yeah. <laughs> Kieran, what he said. <laughs> Kieran Guilford uh, asks whether, uh, about Shamak, basically. Um, Where is he? Pardew seems to think he's a, uh, an important player. Played today for the um, under twenty ones, I believe. Yeah, yeah he? he's been injured, so he's he's. They basically put him on a very specific training mm-hmm. re- regimen to try and make sure that he doesn't get injured again. Yeah, yeah. With, um, do, do we think that that he's got a good chance of getting back in the team? When Hardy he comes seems, back? seems to think so. So he's mentioned him a couple of times in recent weeks, saying he's one of our best players, and if we can get thirty games out of him, yeah, you know, it's just about it's just about injuries with him. And if we could get thirty games out of him, he'd be a very important. We've got like five players you could play at number ten. Like that's yeah, the only yeah. worry. You know, you got Shamak, Much, Lee, Kabai, arguably Punchin. I'm starting to think that Pardew is gonna play all of them. Yeah, <laughs> and see, see just how play like five it. number tens. Um, you'll play one of Wilf and Yannick, uh, assuming Yannick stays, um, and do. Some, someone mentioned it on the pod last week bring bring one of Wilf and Yannick on after 60 minutes when uh, when the, the fullback's tired mm. play punch on the wing but let him drift in a bit like Silver does for Man City yeah. and then Shamak well between Shamak Much Bamford whoever you want in that number 10 position but I think he really rates Shamak and it's just it's just been injuries that have prevented him from um, from playing he's another one who um, he's a little bit of a he's a secret bastard I think he commits a lot of niggly fouls in a, in a good way for us uh, which you don't expect from a sort of technical luxury player um, and yeah he, he would have made a difference yesterday if, he, if, if he'd played he could also play the number he, he can play up front I know he doesn't score many good hold up but exactly and if that allows you to play if you, it gets you another great ball player on the team so when you've got if you ha- imagine Punch and uh, Shamak uh, Kibai and, and a McCarthy in the team. You've got a lot of um, got a lot of great technical quality there. Played more or less as a number nine in that Swansea match at the end of last season, didn't he? I believe. And against Liverpool. The and against Liverpool. So you know he, he's capable of playing it. Mm. And but people always go, oh, you know, but he doesn't score many goals. And what you need is a twenty goal a season striker. No, because that twenty goal a season striker is Sergio Aguero or yeah. Harry Kane. I don't yeah. think we can afford them no. at the moment. To be and honest. we have got goals uh, from lots of. Different and he, he will he will bring in other players. You know who who can then score goals from midfield or from mm. sort of wide areas. So you know, it's a long I think season, he's, he's got a future. And yeah, and other football cliches. Yeah, goals are big. <laughs> yes, goals are. Big. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not sure if anyone's made that yet. Um, <laughs> uh, another question uh, from Michael Fogarty is: uh, Hi, Michael. Do, do we think Hi, Jordan Much is much cop? Oh, excuse the pun. Nice uh, but do we do we nice. do we think he's up to it? Do, I, I mean, honestly, can't comment on much. I've not seen much. enough of him. Oh. Yeah, I've not seen much of much. Mm. And do you know I've what? That's exactly what every Palace fan should say. And yet. And yet, everyone is kind of jumping to ridiculous conclusions one way or the other, right? No one's gone, well, you know, he's doing okay, but mm-hmm. let's see what happens. It, it seems to be 
one extreme or the other like some people are saying he's one of the worst players they've seen play for Palace for a long time and other people wow. are saying yeah, he's brilliant at everything he does so some will say it's much ado about nothing right nice. you need to get oh, out nice uh, ruin it now yeah ruin it you start the whole pod again now <laughs> uh, no you're right though you're, you're definitely right I think I think um <laughs> to be fair to to, to to be fair to Jordan much he uh, he had a really good I thought he had a really good game against Norwich against Arsenal he's, you're coming into a game with 30 minutes left and you're being asked to, to play against again a really really good side who play very very well in possession um, and what's his best position? Well, that's the thing. Like against Norwich, he played in a kind of role just behind Glenn Murray, almost a number ten role. Uh, and I think he partly played that role again against Arsenal. But against Arsenal, you're 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 asking a lot for someone to just to to, to mm. do what you know to be that kind of a threat because it's not easy to be a threat um, against a team like that. Yeah, the, big, the biggest problem for him is competition. And if everyone's fit, you see him struggling to make that number ten position because he. I don't think he can play as one of the two deeper midfielders and I don't think he can play on a wing or certainly you wouldn't choose him over the plethora of options we've got there um, but whenever he's played uh, other than the first couple of games when he, he patently wasn't fit I think he's been good and he's great in pre-season uh, we talked about him last week He, in, in the sense that he adds a bit more of a powerful presence to that, to that midfield uh, gives you another six foot plus man at set pieces um, I thought he had a very good, very good first half against Norwich. Technically, very adept. Um, he's got a trick on him. He's clearly got a great delivery. Scored some cracking goals for um, for Cardiff the season before last. Uh, and we've got a good player there. He, and again, he's 21, 22. Yeah. No, so he's not. He, he doesn't look it, does he? But he no. is. Oh wow, he, he looks like sort of the grizzled sort of thirty something that you I might find no a tiger idea, tiger at two in the morning. I have no idea. <laughs> right, final question. Uh, Chris Emmanuel well, hi Chris. Uh, asks whether we should uh, how much time we should spend reflecting on our position or uh, should we spend some of it laughing at Millwall we <laughs> <laughs> got smashed 4-0 uh, at home in League yeah. 1 jeez I forgot they went down and Brighton as well Brighton have just made headlines well small headlines part like yeah uh, basically saying that they're going to have a, an extended singing section uh, allowing fans to move who, who don't want to sing to move away from that so I mean the thing is like it's, it is nice to laugh at Mill because Millwall and it is nice to laugh at Brighton because they're fundamentally very comedic but we are Palace and you know it's history suggests that at some point we'll have a bit of a fall from where we currently yeah. are so yeah. let's not get too ahead of even, even real City fans think Never know. <laughs> Relegation could still happen. <laughs> yeah. You know? Just a couple of injuries. That's a, yeah, that's a good I think that's a good way to be. It's a good way to support your club. You should always, always be careful who you shit on on the way up. Because football's all about empires, man. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, I never thought anyone would touch Liverpool ever again. They were that good. Do you know what I mean? It's the same thing, man. You, and it like came you to an end. Man, you, man, you, who, who could have possibly who could have possibly predicted a season as hilarious as David Moyes' season after what we'd all enjoyed there were there were there were 21 year old men who'd never seen their team lose anything yeah. you know imagine that and then Moyes destroyed it in a season incredible hilarious <laughs> but that is football and it could happen to teams much much bigger than us yeah. so we've got to be careful but also Millwall <laughs> <laughs> and also we've got so much to talk about that we can't yeah, you can't, really. we can't fit it all in. So, 
But it's crazy. nice to just look at them a little bit every now and then, just say, well, that we, could be, we could be worse off than, than we are now. Of course we could. But wouldn't you rather... Wouldn't you rather have Brighton in the Premier League, so you get the best of both worlds, Palace playing at t- in top-flight football, and you get but we big, get the Derby you games. You big Derby game. I mean, there is that, but I like to mitigate against risk. <laughs> and if they go up, there's a risk that we could go down the same season that they stay yeah, up. I, as mm. someone who was there at the Valley in 2005, I personally like, nice have never g- given uh, much of a shit about about Brighton. Uh, that's just that's just me. But in t- uh, this is an interesting question. What you say? What I would say to counter that is, I'd love to create one of these new derbies because Chelsea City yesterday felt like a derby. It felt like this big, big. G- obviously, it's a big game because of the stature of the two clubs but they've become rivals in a way that Man, City, uh, Man United and, and Arsenal did and that became a huge game now you've seen that, that rivalry dwindle I'd actually love to get a new big Ooh. rival I'd Liverpool. love it to be Spurs nah Liverpool Spurs would be fun we keep beating Liverpool them. we are their bogey team which is a beautiful beautiful thing well Spurs um, fairly local they're also a mid-table team mm-hmm. who aren't going yeah, anywhere yeah. and uh yeah, they've been. Are they trying to nick all our players? Yeah, I've still never forgiven them for the Bostock thing. Don't think any of us have. You could even argue they've been in Arsenal's shadow for so long that they're they're not really relevant anymore. Yeah, yeah. well, Arsenal, yeah. Arsenal laugh at them regularly, and it's yeah. it's painful. And in fact, there there was a, a rumor going around after the the Spurs win last season that there was a DVD of the game on sale within twenty four hours. You know, which <laughs> gives you a sense of their scope. Uh, as a club and I think they're I think definitely they could be rivals for us new rivals that was another excellent question I think it was yeah well done Um, so that's it for the second part Uh, join us in part three for our preview of the Aston Villa and uh, the League Cup game against Shrewsbury boom hello and welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Uh, we're back with part three of three, Mike. Of um, 146 pods. Yes, indeed. Uh, and this wow. podcast... What one was I on? Uh, 146. Oh, before. Before this. That's the most unanswerable <laughs> question I've been asked in a long time. How early it was on was actu- it? It was actually pod 67. Uh, no, that was... You would have been coming on around, I reckon, 2012. What game did you talk about? Ago. Promotion season, I think. It might yeah, I think, been. yeah. I don't think you've been on one since we've been in the Premier League. So wow. it's good to have you back. It's it the is, third it's successive season we've been in the Premier League. How nuts is that? Well, that's crazy, isn't it? Third. Four's our, our record. So that's out. not going to happen, is it? Third. We're going down. Old first division speak there. You're, you're yeah. not talking Premier League not here. Premier League. Wow. And as every football fan knows, football mm. began in, in, in the Premier League. <laughs> we're a fan of members. Imagine that. We are, yeah. Well, on, on that anti Sky rhetoric as well, there's the whole thing with the banner, wasn't there? Probably oh yeah, we didn't talk about that. They, they tried to do a Homestyle Fanatics display again. Did they? And they, they wouldn't let them take it past the cameraman who was like the, oh, on so the sky shit. gantry at the top of the Homestyle lower tier between there and the, like the gallery of the the upper tier. And uh, so it's like sort of looked like a, a set of drapes basically, rather than the full banner because it was sort of Lame. hooked up at the middle. So that was a bit of a shame. On that vein, it was also there were there were apparently quite a few away fans in the home ends. Um, which people were upset about. I think Russell's in questions about that, and uh, in a lot of ways, I'm you know a bit of a woody liberal type. But throw them out, yeah. throw them out. They should not be there. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah, I, I, I actually know a couple of guilty parties, as, as a lot of people know me. Now. Name I, I live and near, shame. near the Emirates, as, as Mike does. So I know a lot of gooners, and I, I know two, two, definitely who were in the homestead yesterday, and I just. First off, I didn't. I couldn't get a fucking ticket, so like that makes me angry that there's there's gooners in in the home end. But secondly, like you say, just the principle. 
reality of it. The well, if you're gonna sit in the home end, don't wear a shirt and don't cheer when the art. Don't Arsenal wear a shirt. Score. Who wore a shirt? Were there people this, wearing shirts? This, there were people wearing shirts. Okay, no, my two guys were not wearing shirts. I get, I get the whole like. The, there's, there's an argument that it, it, that uh, you know, in, in in this modern society that we live in, there shouldn't be partitions between fan and whatever else. No, like, no, 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 disagree. Disagree. It's tribal. That's the way it is. That's what you buy into. I spend the rest of my week being civilized. I don't want to go to the football. What about Zoe, my wife? Arsenal fan, what but she would sit there in silence, though, wouldn't she? She would have a season to get hold of for the last ah. five, six years. But she's adopted, yeah, and she knows she knows not to cheer when Arsenal score. She cheered when Palace scored at the Emirates last year. There you so go. We're so turning her. Yeah. Wow. We're better than Arsenal, aren't we? So these early thoughts were brought to you. Yeah. <laughs> these early thoughts were brought to you by JC Innovation and Strategy, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. They're not Arsenal fans, are they? I don't think so. Good. No, he's definitely a Palace fan. He's, he's very proud okay. of that fact. Um, mm. Visit JC hyphen is.com will be a bit of an old business decision as an Arsenal fan oh, we've got some spare cash um, the marketing then, budget let's let's advertise on the Palace podcast <laughs> we can't afford Arsenal's fan TV let's go to the FYP podcast um, maybe if you went to Vector Printing uh, you could probably get an Arsenal slash Palace shirt half yeah. and half yeah or if, if, there, if there was if you started Arsenal to sense as the, as the Arsenal fan in the Holmesdale if you started to sense the crowd turning on you you could get in touch with Vector just before half time and maybe they could knock up an embroidered palace shirt on top of I mean, your we're shirt. making some claims about the speed of their service yeah. and I think they'll be from what I hear they're very very fast and very discreet if needs be yes. <laughs> that's <laughs> very effective. like most of the businesses are like <laughs> a K or a C this time <laughs> um, that, so that's uh, www.vector.co.uk and that's Vector with a K not a C one K three K's get it out we've ruined this very reputable company but either way, we, we've come to the conclusion that uh, the banner should have probably been on display and the uh, Arsenal fans in the home end should probably not have been there. No. Um, moving on, we've got Aston Villa at the weekend. Boom. Um, and then after that, I think we've got... Chelsea it, and City. Yeah. Shrewsbury. So, Shrewsbury, but I think we can probably cover Shrewsbury in the in the one in a word. Aston Villa, maybe. Well, yeah. I, I think it's Shrewsbury this week. So it's basically, nice. with Shrewsbury, everyone under the age of 42 went, meh. Mm. Right now, Kevin Day and James Endicott are sitting in the corner of the room, rocking back and forth, going, not Shrewsbury. And break it down, why why is it? Well, partially, I think the alcohol sweats, but also partially (laughs) because uh, they were a bogey team, apparently, in the 80s or late 70s or something like that. Mm -hmm. In the 80s, and uh, Palace lost against them. We went through about six games or seven games where we just couldn't, couldn't get a win, and we were supposed to be the better side pretty much at that time. So, but I mean, it would my be, dad clearly didn't tell me about that for a reason. Yeah, because yeah. he was probably terrified about it. Mm. Didn't want to repeat that <laughs> you know, in case it happened again. That's nice, um, man. Pierre yeah, Aston Villa at the weekend. What are we what are we thinking? I just want to beat Tim Sherwood. Yeah, I don't really like Tim Sherwood. He's, he's the smuggest man on the planet, and for no good reason because he strikes me as something of a simpleton. You know. <laughs> Um, kind of guy who just like randomly gets scared of, 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 of a type Dogs. of insect or yeah a, a, a dog chasing its own tail or something like that. I'm going to maybe get overexcited yeah. by a dog chasing its own tail and then scared by a dragonfly do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. I do, I just, I'd love to get one over him as well but more importantly just from a footballing point of view Chelsea and City is going to be hard man like I knew I, it's terrible to say this as a Palace fan but I knew he wouldn't beat Arsenal the second that they lost to West Ham, I just that was the worst possible result for me. I was hoping they'd walk all over West Ham and then come come to Selhurst with a swagger and we'd cut them short, you know. Uh, and the opposite happened, and 
I just wor- worry that we're going to hit Chelsea perfect time for a, uh, you know. Well, I was listening. A rebound. To, I was listening to another podcast. Uh, what? Yeah, sorry. Jesus Christ, Rob. Known, uh, I don't know how many times you get kicked sick. off of this show. You disgust um, me. The Guardian podcast. Oh. So, uh, it, 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 you can probably tell by my. I don't know. He's espousing the need for uh, non-segregated fans. Shakespeare references. The infamous they, fucking Guardian. Sorry, they were saying a carrot eating carrots as well. But, yeah, I've got to admit. No, to it's that. an excellent but, um, but they were saying that that Filippo uh, Clare on there was saying that um, the last time Chelsea <laughs> lost two games, <laughs> lost at the first two. Is this games. hipster bingo? Just listen. <laughs> <laughs> the, la- the last time I Chelsea. I just think Handelbar was starting. Leave him alone. Leave house. him alone. The last this, time Chelsea. This is Filippo Clare we're talking Chelsea about. Here. Um, the last time uh, Chelsea won, uh, lost their first two games, they went on a twenty-match unbeaten run. Mm. So obviously that's going to be a fearful game. But we're here to talk about Villa. Yeah, true, <laughs> so, true, true. So I mean, one of the thing, one of the, the players that we might be facing is uh, Rudy Gasted. I'm scared of him. <laughs> Other than that, I'm and Gasted was someone that we were very close to signing last That's season. That's true, yeah. So I mean, is well, that we actually? Is that, yeah, or is that just paper talk? Supposedly, um, but but uh, Blackburn had a valuation, and we didn't we didn't mm. we didn't fancy him mm. at that price. I'd love him at Palace. He's just got all the hallmarks of a cult hero, hasn't yeah. he? Just big the way, hair, big hair, like mm. swashbuckling, amazing style. in the air. Like that goal he scored against Bournemouth, it was just fantastic to watch. He's the second. And from what I hear, that's what he does. I don't know if anybody has scored more headers than him. I heard some crazy yeah. stat about him. In the, like, the last two years. Yeah, no something crazy like that. Leagues. He, yeah. He's the Premier League's second ever player from Benin. Is that, is that where he's from? Who was the first? Ooh. I'll let you think on that. That is we'll a, talk about a good question. It's a... Second time we've got Ben in on the. Oh! Podcast. Is he going to do this all fucking wood? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't know that terrible puns on the Guardian podcast. On Every Come time on. I mention Ben in, he'll mention it. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, I'm, ben, I'm not going to guess it. Who's, ben who's, out. who's the first? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rob out. Well, <laughs> who's the first? Stefan Sessignon. Uh, I would is not he, have got that. Is yeah. he from Benin? Yeah, Ben out. Yeah, so <laughs> the, the thing that's interesting about Villa as well is they've actually spent quite a bit of money. They sold Benteke, but they've obviously used that money to buy other players. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to, they buy, to buy... They got Rax is, 2 million. Rax is brain. Who, who was it that they signed? They, they signed buy? a couple of good. French Scott Sinclair, players. Michael Richards, Mark Bunn, Idrissa Gay, Jordan Amavi, Jordan Ayew, Jose Angel Crespo, Jordan Veritu, Rudy Gasted, and Adama Traore. Jesus, that was all off the top of your head. Yeah. yeah. This guy is incredible. Yeah. He really is. He's a com- yeah. um, Jordan Ayew is not good. They got the wrong brother. Yeah. I don't know if it was one of those things like where, where Gibbs should have got the sending off when it was Walcott well, or whichever this, way round it was. Isn't there this story with uh, John Barnes and... Um, oh, yeah, Luther Blissett. Luther Blissett that uh, Juve wanted to sign... John Barnes. John Barnes. They just got the wrong guy. Uh, no, no, and Watford literally sent Luther Blissett to nice. the meeting with Juve and went, go on, sign him instead. And it seems that that's kind of what's happened. That's incredible. The, the interesting thing as well is that uh, Idrissa Gay, when he signed for Aston Villa, said that uh, he was really looking forward to playing for Villa because he was uh, looking at them as a stepping stone onto better things. <laughs> <laughs> wow. so That's you what you want to hear in the press really conference. He's really committed to the cause. I think that Villa, obviously, they're, they're not going to be... Do you think they're going to be the, the, the awful side they were last season? I think Villa... The awful the, side I think us, that, though, that Villa, in the past four or five years, have finished something like 17th, 17th, 16th, 15th and 17th. Mm-hmm. Something along yeah. those lines. I mean, I'm sure that's not exactly right, but it's not not more than a couple of places off. They've been terrible for a long, long time, 
And I think if 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 we're just about our game and and, and just get at them, I don't think they can live with us. Um, and I know that's bold talk, but I think we have to approach the game that way yeah. because we've got two games that nobody's going to be backing us to win after that. So we lost too many games against teams like Villa last season. Yeah, well, for real. Well, we lost to Villa um, <laughs> and um, uh, and other similar teams. No, but um, they're, I think they're the hardest team in the league to call. One of the hardest. Cause yeah, they are very unpredictable. On top of um, yeah, their 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 poor recent record. They've lost their two best players. And they've gone on this sort of Newcastle circa 2011-2012 um, strategy of signing Ligue 1's best players or the, the, the more highly rated players. So Gay, I know, is um, uh, got rave reviews last season. Um, they signed supposedly the best left back in the league, or the, the left back who got the most assists, or something like that. And then Veratu is he played in the same under 21 team as um, as Pogba. Um, and, uh, and he, he's highly rated so it's one of those situations where if they all gel they you know they're, they're, they're like the party team that finished sixth with um, uh, you know with your Kabais and your um, and your Debushis mm. but you look at them and you think you've got to think there's a soft centre there I also think the other, the other thing that's hugely in our advantage is I, I just don't believe that whatever uh, Sherwood's got planned and believe me I don't think it's any more than a, a, a monkey with a crazy face with symbols crashing around <laughs> like that rolling around his head but whatever he's got planned that team's not gelling before we play them and and as as someone brilliantly pointed out before there, there was a time very recently where you could see seven of our eleven who came up from the championship we're a team a proper team you know and I, I think Villa might gel and do great things but my, yeah. my instinct tells me it's not going to be before we meet them I think Palace, is, Palace are a good example that, that if you have the right unity inside, you can then gradually make changes that actually improve the squad without actually affecting the team spirit. Um, mm. And with Villa, you could argue that there's a risk for them that they've actually looked to make too many changes at once. Mm. Um, and they'll, they'll, the thing about them is that they'll, they'll look good in fits and, and spurts, but they won't be mm-hmm. consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that, that, the only fear that I have is that we are that there's a there's a possibility of there being a continuation of that that kind of poor home form yeah, yeah. and that that might play on palace fans minds is that is that, a, does that do you think that might be something where people, palace fans get a little bit nervous now with maybe yeah maybe it's um i, I think we're all aware that we're that, that we've not got a great home record and i think if we were to get a, a gold it was like the west brom game last season um where they scored after 2 minutes from their first chance Oh, and you think, gosh, here we yeah. go, and then you, and you kind of the ground has a collective sigh, and you almost know there's no coming back from that. But we, again, we discussed it last week. The so I, I got a lot of um, last season was put down to um, particularly the discrepancy between home and away form was having this awful pitch at home, yeah. which supposedly was really hard. It was like running on sand. It was awful. So it really didn't play to our sort of counterattacking, pacey strengths. Uh, and now we've invested in this, you know, in this in this uber luxury pitch. It's as good as the pitch at Wembley. Um, so, um, you know, again, without wanting to repeat ourselves, you'd think that will make a big difference in terms of uh, in, in, in terms of our more important players. And mm. I think the the strengths Villa have, we, we the ones you'd imagine they have, are, are clearly Gestead's aerial presence. But if any team in the Premier League set up to, to deal with that, it's you know your Dan's and your in your Delaney's. That's that's their, that should be their bread and butter. Um, you know, clearly he'll give them a tough game in the air. But you'd, you'd like to think we're well. We'll cope reasonably well with that. Um, Did he play a whole game against Bournemouth? I think so he came off. He came on. Because I don't, came on, I don't yeah. know if yeah, he's, he's completely 100 percent 
Yeah, so hopefully yeah. he, <laughs> he was, was needs another couple of weeks. Brought on for them. Mm. Um, and who did they play at the weekend again? Man United. Man United. And he played, I think he played part of that game as well. I don't think he started. Yeah, then. so I guess they're starting with that with um, uh, with Agbon Lahore and mm. IU and Sinclair on the wings. Of course, yeah. Sinclair, we all know how good yeah. he can be. He can be, yeah. or was. But Do you think yes. that, that, given the fear that we that some of our fans had about Ward, that you know that there might be that might be the, the I think I think if Ward has heard any criticism this week, he'll step it up. He's yeah. the, he strikes me as that kind of guy. I mean, he's, so, as we said earlier, he scored that goal. You know, we, we wouldn't have been in the game if it hadn't been for his contribution mm. as well. So I think that the, the the fear, I guess, is maybe that that yeah, you know, any manager now will look at. A team's weaknesses. What weaknesses do Palace have in comparison to Villa? Is there like one area that really they should be focusing on? Yeah, I think um, you'd like to think you can attack Suarez um, down that, that, that down our left hand side. Um, I think he's received some criticism, which is which is fair. You know, he's, he's brilliant going forward. But if you're pinpointing areas that areas of weakness, it's there. Um, and you're probably thinking, given what we discussed earlier, there's a bit more of a softer centre. In that in that central midfield, not that McCarthy and Kabai pushovers, and you know Kabai uh, uh, got um, committed a really, a really high number of fouls and got a really high number of yellow cards. So he's clearly he's not uh, he's not going to pussyfoot around that, that midfield. But if you're Sherwood and you get past the uh, the monkey with the symbols and the, the dog chasing his, ch- chasing his tail and the dragonfly, um, <laughs> yeah, you might. I think I think it, I think I think. Should you say that? See how fast his fucking little wings are batting. That's amazing. <laughs> Shit, there's a dog chasing his fucking tail. Oh, that's lovely, that. It's <laughs> a, a great Tim Sherwood impression. <laughs> Where's my Michael Payne, yeah, Tim Sherwood. Um, I guess rounding it off, um, what are our score predictions? 7-6 uh, to Palace <laughs> those goals are very big yeah. <laughs> that's all I've taken away from today that the goals are very big yeah, and all I'm thinking is why is Yannick Palassi not scoring more all he's, all he's <laughs> got to do is put it on just ping it milking midfielders is what milking we need yeah. to uh, I think we are capable of winning that one and will win that one so I'm, and we're not going to keep a clean sheet all no, season no, so I'm going sheet. 3-1 Palace yeah, I was going to go 3-1 as well so I'll just but you can't now because you know alright 2-1 nil-nil you've got Tim Sherwood playing against Alan Pardew against Pardew is definitely not it's going to be that match match of the day where they say can you believe that the two teams who haven't kept (laughs) a clean sheet for so long and would you believe it I like your thinking I reckon 2-0 to Palace but the the thing is I think you look at Palace's team if you're if you're picking fantasy football teams you don't want to pick any of our centre backs or our goalkeeper because they'll lose points just because we do concede that many Mm. goals Mm. this um, is true yeah that's my thought I, I want to say a quick word in, in favour of Suarez because I thought he was brilliant um, on Sunday yeah, I, I really fair. did I, I, I loved, I loved his, his dynamism I thought he looked strong he looked fast I can see how you can get in behind him if, if he's not got cover but I think if he's constantly in conversation with someone who will track back <laughs> which as we you know established as maybe an issue for us I, I think he could be a real real fine for us it takes time to build up relationships like that as well though mm. doesn't it like yeah, wing yeah. backs and wingers I like him because he's one of the few players that you can genuinely use the uh, adjective swashbuckling you only get swashbuckling fullbacks that's true you don't get a swashbuckling striker but someone who's like swashbuckling forward from fullback position he's, he's the very type much of like man that. that Rob might go on a soiree with <laughs> hey <laughs> oh dear <laughs> nice right on that note uh, I'm going to round off round, round that podcast Stuff, I think. Um, Andy, thank you very much for, for 
appearing, I well, guess. Well, I'm always here, aren't I? But yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're welcome. Making a regular appearance. Mike, as well, for uh, hosting us with your carrots uh, <laughs> and wine and uh, crisps. You're very welcome. And the fragrance of the Emirates. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and what a in, guys. Yeah. Ben, thank you for making us yeah, a, a rare pleasure. I know, you know fun. what? It won't be this this rare again. I'll be back within two years. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you. Do you want to plug in a thing before we go? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're listening, come come to the tour. I'm going to go on tour with the stand-up show, a uh, new one called The Weird Way Round, starting in the first week of September. So get on livenation.co.uk and have a look for tickets. You've got Cheers, an album guys. on iTunes as well, haven't you? Oh, yeah. There's like a comedy album Jesus called Christ, Empty Christ, Threats. Jesus Christ, the one you're aging. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Oh, you slipped that in so nicely. Uh, yeah, Empty Threats is just a collection of all the, the fans' favourites, really, from the past few years on the comedy circuit. So, yeah, get a copy of that. Um, and finally, uh, JD is probably going to be taking over again when he gets back from oh. Edinburgh. Oh. So it was a real pleasure, as always, to be hosting oh. the podcast. I'm sure you'll be And back. I'm sure I'll see you next time. Cheers, Rob. Cheers, Cheers, Cheers. Rob. Didn't he do well? Here he goes. Here he goes. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.